Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway. 6th and Peabody, Nashville, Tennessee, and across the OutKick network. If you're listening, we thank you for that. Here for the next three hours on the live stream as well. You can follow us, OutKick 360. Search us on all the platforms. Plenty to get to. Coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes, Armando Salguero of OutKick.com. He will join us and we'll go through all of the NFL headlines, including Thursday Night Football tonight in Green Bay as the Packers will host the Titans. A ton of SEC and college football takes analysis reaction as well chad good afternoon good afternoon hutton i'm excited about today's show there's a lot of uh, rumors and innuendo floating out there this morning <laughs> okay that we're going to address including one that's courtesy of our friends with next round live down in birmingham uh with charles barkley that we're going to talk about later that i know the story's up on outkick right now i don't think it's caught the traction that it will eventually, and we'll be one of the first to discuss uh, what Charles Barkley was talking about in terms of possible SEC football opening that we're not expecting. Excited about today's show. Always fun to talk talk to Armando Salguero, especially when Armando's probably going to be coming in hot because he was way down on the Eagles last week, and the Eagles came out and lost to the Commanders, and I'm sure Armando's going to be excited about that. He's, uh, he's our soothsayer. Here on the show, he will set our he'll set the record straight for what's going to happen this weekend before it happens. That's coming up in hour number two. We start the show uh, with Mark Ryan on uh, social media through CBS Sports Radio. Mark Ryan with the tweet and, and saying uh, through SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, Sankey says that the SEC is looking at going to a single division and is leaning heavily in that direction, moving away from two divisions and no 14-pod system. Meaning, when Texas and Oklahoma join, we have discussed what those pods would look like. Chad had a column up probably May or so yeah. of this year, and you went through and, and tried to figure out uh, common opponents, rivalry matchups, trying to make sure that you kept together as much of those rivalries and the, the fabric of the conference as, pos- as much as possible. You could still do that with this, but it's doing away with the East and West, and it's doing away with the 14 pods that would automatically play each other every year. So I'm sure this plan would include a couple of rivals that you play annually for every team. Um, I don't like it as much as four pods because I think when you get to 16 teams, things become a little bit more detached in terms of rivalry. And I get there are programs that don't play somewhere for nine years, you know, or whatever it is right now in the current setup. Yeah. I'm talking about a road trip. You're going to play everyone once every, what, four or five years, but it may take a while to go somewhere on a road trip. But I still like the idea of constant opponents that you see annually more than one or two. So right now with the division format, it's not perfect for competitive balance. 
But at least you have those rivals you know you're going to see annually within your division. Even if it's a four-team pod, I like doing that, mixing in another constant rival or two, and having more consistency with the schedule that way. I don't know, Hutton. I just feel like when you're going 1-16 through in the SEC and you're playing right now eight conference games, I know it'll turn to nine when this happens, when they change to this. It's still, you're playing half the conference and then you're going to play the other half the next year. It just, it feels a little bit detached, one to 16 for me, if, if you're doing that without a pod system or divisional system. So is it, what are the, I would assume like every four years, your program would play everyone at some point, right? Yeah. I, I don't mind that. And, you know, it, it also, I mean, it is SEC West heavy, top to bottom, right now. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So I do think it evens out some of that, where more SEC West teams would be playing more SEC East teams, as it is right now. And you'd have more teams. I mean, what it would do in certain years, it's going to have more teams eligible to be the one of the 12 teams in the playoff by doing this. Yeah, I mean, look, if you because did your it, SEC West teams are going to have more losses. Yeah, theoretically. And if you well, and if you had, if it your take better the, teams, I'm take saying. the twelve team format aside for the college football playoff. If you had the one through sixteen no division format this year, it would be Tennessee and Georgia in the SEC championship. Right. It it would be a rematch of that game, and you look at that and say, okay, that sounds cool. But if Tennessee were to lose that game they're again, they're probably out. So they're almost saved by being second in the SEC East with what they've done this year and the schedule they faced. So that may actually end up being a saving grace to get them into the 14 playoff as opposed to maybe eliminating them if they match up with a Georgia team who, let's face it, is much better than they are right now based on the first head-to-head matchup. So I don't think you want to see them in an SEC championship elimination format if you're Tennessee. That's just one example. Um, it's going to take some getting used to. I, I I don't have that strong of an opinion about it right now until I see it and see how schedules start to form when they move to this one division format, all all for one, one for all, SEC. Uh, Watching the Pac-12 and the Big 12 go to this, I think it's been okay. Uh, I don't think it's been that great. But it helps them more, right? Because you're going to have... It gives them a better chance of getting a team to the playoff because... It stacks someone up with another great win at the end of the year. Which, TCU, for instance. Yeah, here's... Uh, USC. Let me give you a great example. Big 10 this year. Very top-heavy. Really three good teams and a bunch of so-so and a bunch of crap at the bottom of the conference. Michigan or Ohio State will play a pretty bad opponent in the Big 10 championship game. There's a bunch of teams tied at four and three right now in the Big 10. Like Michigan did last year, by the way. Iowa, Wisconsin... Illinois, Purdue, you know, some decent teams, but nothing great. It's not going to be a great win for you. If it was all one division, you would have a Michigan-Ohio State rematch. Or you'd have Penn State, you know, in certain years, if that were the case. Is that what you want to see? You know, if if you're in the Big Ten this year, do you want to see that matchup again a week later? But also it gives someone a chance at another huge win. Example. If Ohio State beats Michigan at the end of the season, that was a one-division deal. They played again a week later, and Michigan won the rematch. Well, I think Ohio State and Michigan are pretty comfortably in, both of them, right? That's a way to get two teams from your conference in the playoff. It's also, um, 
I mean, it, it does help the conference from a, a brand perspective, even though the brand is as big as it can be in college sports. Don't get me wrong here. But, I mean, you kind of know every year with CBS, it was going to be Alabama, Texas A&M moving forward. It's going to be Tennessee, Florida, for the most part, right? You're talking about the annual... Annual games. Yeah, the rivalry, rivalry. games. Um, uh, Iron Bowl, all that. that. I'm not opposed to all of those games staying. But what it does, it does help the profile of other schools that will be matched up, hypothetically, with an A&M more often that may get more of the national exposure on the new television contract, and they're not buried on the 11 a.m. kickoff every week. Not that they... I'm not endorsing Vandy to be on 230 CBS right now, but it does kind of raise all ships with the tide here. Um, And pardon the pun on that, because, I mean, Alabama is on center stage every single week, and typically it's against the same exact teams every single year. This would mix and match it a little bit more, right? And it would also help an extra team potentially get a win, a marquee matchup win that the other conferences aren't necessarily going to have with the same structure. The other conferences, I think, are using it for like USC having the benefit of playing Oregon or whoever in the, in the Pac-12 championship game will boost their resume as a one-loss champion, potentially, to jump a team that's not playing for the SEC title. Meanwhile, in the SEC, it just to me, it just makes for, for more potentially having the best matchup week to week on on the ABC broadcast, on ESPN. You spread it out more. Yeah, this may have inspired another column for me where I'm going to look at the new Big Ten and the new SEC and try to formulate a one-division system for both and how teams should match up each year and what the schedule should look like. But you're always going to run into this type of dilemma with this. You're going through some of the marquee games. I would argue Alabama-Texas A&M will not be an annual game in this new format. Alabama-Auburn will. Um, who's Alabama's other opponent going to be? Tennessee? That yeah. makes sense, right? But, but, then, uh, but what, I'm saying it's an annual game right now because you know on the schedule where yes. they're going to play and you know the rivalry between the two head coaches. But, that, and that's, but my point is those rivalries to some extent will have to go away because right now the division matchups that you have. But that's not a bad thing. That, no, that no, game, I'm no. Saying. Look, Tennessee, Missouri going away is not a bad thing. Right. Okay. Vanderbilt, South Carolina going away is not a bad thing. Alabama, Mississippi State going away is not a bad thing. But what would be a bad thing is just in the state of Tennessee, for instance, Tennessee, Vandy, does that stay? Is that necessary? It may be necessary for Vandy in their eyes, in terms of a rival. But Tennessee-Alabama is more important to the history of the SEC. Well, guess what else is important to the history of the SEC? Tennessee-Georgia or Mm Alabama-Auburn. Or, I mean, you've got these linchpin programs, Bama at the top of the food chain, that a lot of teams will claim them as a big rival. Alabama-LSU, Alabama-Texas A&M. A good example, right? So trying to put all that together on a flow chart of what makes sense for every program while not creating an imbalanced structure to penalize one program over another because their annual schedule is going to be much more difficult than another. There's no, I, I, I said, I wrote this when I wrote the column about the SEC. There's no perfect formula. Someone's going to get a break. Someone's going to get the raw end of the deal, but it's about what's best for the sport, what's best for the conference, what's best for the consumer of the conference. 
that's going to be watching these games every week. It's just it's a difficult formula, I think, ultimately. And we'll see doing, how it works. And Sankey said that you know, a big part of this was the COVID season where SEC Network had the largest viewership since they launched the network, even to this day, because they went with that 10-game conference schedule and the viewership was there every single... So right now they're playing eight. He mentioned that they, they're likely moving to nine, which has been out there. And that's part of the reason why with this. And they're, they're trying to spread this off of all the platforms they're about to move to in 2025. And then Texas and Oklahoma also jump in with that. Texas, Oklahoma is still... I mean, those four, USC, UCLA, Texas, Oklahoma, I'm still really trying to adjust to thinking about their prospects moving forward. And look at Texas and Oklahoma this year. I mean, Oklahoma, I'm going to write about this for OutKick, but Oklahoma is possibly playing for their bowl lives in Bedlam on Saturday. Who would have thought that coming into this season? And Brent Venables in year one with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback, with Eric Gray, with, I mean, a lot of reasons to be optimistic. I want to say they were preseason top 15 at least coming into the yes. year. Well, and then, uh, I mean, I, I think we all picked them to win. Did we not pick them to win the Big 12 this year in our preseason? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big fall from preseason expectation for them. Meanwhile, Texas. But they, you've got Oklahoma kind of limping in now yep. to the SEC. Texas has been disappointing. If Texas loses this, Texas plays at Kansas – where they're a seven-point favorite? I mean, if Texas loses to Kansas, is it time for Arch Manning to start looking around at other programs? He's helping recruit. He took, it, he took the uh, unofficial visit recently to help with recruiting there. Well, recruiting is what they have to sell right now if, if Steve Sarkeesian can't produce well, better offense than what we saw Saturday night on a, on a big stage. And that's why, you know, that's exactly why there's optimism. It's because Manning's there. Right? I mean... No, I, he's not. He's going to go to Texas. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong. But my point is, you can lose enough to where you get to the point where it's. Well, but did I make the right decision? The other thing, though, and it, again, they last week they were the only three-loss team in the top twenty-five according to the committee of the college football playoff. So they still value them, and we know Vegas did too. They're favored by seven over TCU. How quickly that changed? We've got some Vegas rankings for you. Uh, tomorrow, oh, I can't. Uh, today, and uh, oh, later today. Yeah, um, my bad. No, I we thought, have. I thought we it was have them ready. Yeah. Um, there's one team that you will be shocked that they would be a touchdown plus underdog against another team when you look at the Vegas okay. rankings that I will I will talk about today. Hit us with your thoughts. Uh, you can join Chad in the chat about the doing away with. Well, let me get in that chat. East and West and the SEC moving forward again. Not immediate. This is Sankey discussing when they expand to the 16-team format uh, that, that's likely going to happen. Um, your thoughts on the single division. At Outkick360 on social is where you can find us. Uh, coming up throughout the hour, we'll discuss Thursday night football tonight with the uh, Titans on the road against the Green Bay Packers as Aaron Rodgers and company try to keep things back on path after pulling the comeback win in overtime over the Dallas Cowboys. The Titans come in at 6-3. and three with a chance to continue their winning ways. The only hookup since their loss to Buffalo has been the, the, the loss uh, to Kansas City. Uh, again, at Outkick360 is where you can find us. When we come back, Chad, Charles Barkley went on with our friends at the next round down in Birmingham and 
said that there's a surprise SEC firing about to happen. He said a lot. He said a lot about Deion. This was all in relation to Deion Sanders and that he speaks weekly to Deion Sanders. So, and Charles Barkley endorsing Deion Sanders for the Auburn job, Chuck's alma mater, and then it leads into a pretty crazy statement that I have not heard until Charles Barkley said this. Maybe crazier than what Shaquille O'Neal said on <laughs> Inside the NBA. That Inside the NBA crew is just all about creating great content. Yes. And I love it. And I love them for it. Shaquille O'Neal believes we have more than, than one moon. And the rationale behind it, you've got to hear it to believe it. Yes. When he says why he believes this. Uh, he could use some Aurora Nutri-Science, vitalifescience.com, because... He could stay mentally sharp and healthy with Aurora NutriScience. They help us with their supplements. Aurora delivers supplements where you need them the most, your body. You're seeing VitalLifeScience.com right now. It's where you can get more information. VIDALifeScience.com. Receive 15% off with the code OUTKICK360, the 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts, but... Here's Aurora, unique cutting-edge nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes, and that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and glutathione every day. They have so many more supplements and vitamins to choose from at the site. V-I-D-A, VitaLifeScience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up, snow in Buffalo, and they may move the game potentially to Detroit between the Bills and the Browns. We'll get into that. We're going to ruin our weekend by doing that. Come on, just play in the snow. Armando Salguero uh, will join us later. I think the issue is just trying to get into the city, flying in. It's a spectator issue, too, I'm sure. I mean, you could always shut it down to that. Um, By the way, just quick aside on that. Buffalo is building an outdoor stadium with taxpayer money, a large part of it. Mm. If you're going to do that in the most snow-laden NFL market, you got to play in the snow. Like the, the prospect of even once every 10 years losing a home game 
with a taxpayer-funded outdoor stadium, I, that is not good. Like I, you, you either play, you announce we're playing in all elements. It's football unless it's lightning. I think they will. Or you build an indoor stadium. But even with an indoor stadium, the Browns may not be able to make it to town. Get them in tonight. Like, get, there's flights now. Let's get let's yeah. get them there. I let's mean, get them right next to the stadium. Knowing how difficult it is to set those hotels up, like what those guys have to figure out, because they, who knows what all's going on with all the moving parts? Um, was it the yeah? It was the Yankees and who are they playing? Astros when the rain delay hit or whatever the weather and well, the, the Astros, Astros had, had to a, split up the hotels. Yeah, they had a hard time staying. Yeah, it was in New York. They were there because of lack of hotel space. Yeah. Uh, hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360. Um, let's dive into Charles Barkley and his, his visit, Chad, with our, our friends at the next round. And, um, you know, a very interesting take from Sir Charles. Yeah, so our, our guys, Lance Taylor, Jim Dunaway, Ryan Brown, uh, with the next round live down in, down in Birmingham, do a great job with their show. They have Charles Barkley on, I believe, weekly, pretty regularly. He Regular, goes on the yeah. show. And, um, of course, Charles Barkley, a huge sports celebrity. For those who've never heard of Charles Barkley, he played for the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns. I'm not going to go through his entire bio. You know him, you love him, Sir Charles. Uh, Auburn grad, so has a lot of interest in the Auburn coaching opening. He was on Next Round Live today talking about his friendship with Deion Sanders and what he's hearing about what may happen this offseason in the SEC, here is that interview. So what you're saying is there is going to be a surprising coaching change inside the SEC, and it is going to include Deion Sanders. Is that what, is that what you're saying, in your opinion? I think, uh, what I'm telling you is I think there's going to be a shocker firing in the SEC, and I, I know for a fact that they're probably going to go after Deion. I know wow. that for a fact. Wow. Mm-hmm. Love it. Wow. Okay, can't wait. Yes. Process of elimination. Drinkwitz just got an extension. Uh, yeah. Missouri yeah. doesn't even interest me. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, hey, Dion, 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 Dion was pretty big Dion, at Dion, Dallas, right? Hey, and I'm not going to be shocked if A&M fires Jimbo Fisher. No, Charles didn't just freeze. No, he's blinking. I can see him blinking. He's he's not answering. He's not answering. Lance, Lance, I didn't say a word. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Going going with Lance Taylor, our buddy there, that he did not say a word about Jimbo Fisher. That would lead you to speculate that uh, it's Jimbo Fisher. We trust Billy Lucci Mm -hmm. and what he hears from the big money people at A&M and what he hears from the administration. He came on our show two days ago and said, Jimbo's not getting fired. That's still his understanding that he's not getting fired. So here's where my mind immediately went, Hutton. First off, this is very interesting because also in that interview, Charles Barkley says he wants Dion to get the job. Now he also, we're going to talk about this name as well, said, I'm fine with Lane Kiffin too. I like Lane Kiffin as a coach, but I am going to publicly endorse Dion Sanders, who Charles Barkley talks with weekly. If I am to believe Billy Lucci right now and it's not Jimbo Fisher, do you want to know where my mind went immediately as to who the surprise firing could be? Mike Leach at Mississippi State. And Ryan Brown told us that preseason. We were going through a topic where who would be this year's Dan Mullen? And Ryan Brown from Next Round Live told us July, I believe, uh, from SEC Media Days. He said, well, I, I would put my money on Mike Leach. 
And what's interesting is, Chad, and I, I, I'm, I agree with you on that. Um, new AD. New AD. But look, where, what's the ceiling with Mike Leach at Mississippi State, if you're the new AD, when you look at where they are right now? Um, and again, I'm not saying that he should be out, but uh, where are you trying to take the program versus where the rest of the SEC West is going right now? Is, is it, do you picture it getting any better next season when you have Will Rogers and you have Air Raid and you have a lot of momentum in year three and the total offense in their losses this year, 308 yards to Georgia, 293 against Alabama, 289 against Mississippi State. And when they lost to Kentucky, they had 225 total yards of offense this season. For the season, they've rushed for just 773 yards total. That's by far the worst in the conference. They had their most decorated quarterback in the history of the program in year three with Mike Leach. And these are the numbers that they're producing against the top talent. When you really dig in, I mean, you just have to figure out whether or not now's the time based on where you think you're taking the program soon. And look, everyone in the media loves Mike Leach because he'll say whatever. You know, he's funny in in halftime interviews. He's funny when he's picking up the chairs and calmly throwing them away from his receivers because they're not hustling and he doesn't want them to have a place to sit when the defense is on the field. Uh, You know, he's funny when he talks about players' chubby girlfriends and eating uh, fish sandwiches or whatever he says. It's all funny to us. Yeah. It may not be funny to an incoming AD. Well, he'll be funny with his next next job yeah, too. Yeah, and it may, it may not. It may be a situation where someone else comes in and says, "I feel like he rolls uh, uh, rolls the players under the bus too much. It doesn't take enough for whatever." If you don't jive with Mike Leach, you just don't jive with Mike Leach. So maybe it's just as simple as new AD doesn't jive with Mike Leach. He doesn't jive with the new AD, and they go in a different direction. But. I didn't think Jimbo Fisher the way the guys on the show did. I immediately thought, what if it's Mississippi State? Also, think about Charles Barkley talking to Deion Sanders weekly. And what he's saying is, I know for a fact this job will go after Deion Sanders first. Deion's at Jackson State, in the state of Mississippi currently. Would he know? Would someone be contacting his agent and talking about, would you come to Mississippi State right down the road if we made a move? I think they would if they were considering a move. Again, I, I have no inside knowledge. I'm just basing that. If Charles Barkley knows something, he's not going to say which job it was. That's where my mind immediately went when I heard that. And I don't, I can't and name it would be another a surprise. shocker other than like, I mean, it, everywhere Beamer, would be a shocker. That, again, that, yeah, exactly, well, right. That's the point. Well, I, is like, I mean, Leach is shocking to me yeah, if everything, they fired him. Well, it'd be stunning, but none that makes sense um, and how it lines up, right? Based on the the appeal of Dion, that's how I'm trying to judge this with the programs. I got everything else is the, the coaches they have or the investments they're making. You start looking around, that's the program. And even if it's if, if you want to say Ole Miss, uh, there's a report out that that Ole Miss is prepared to uh, and has an offer to Lane Kiffin to make him a top ten paid college football coach. Now he's just outside the top ten as it is. Um, multiple sites have him on an annual average value of 7.25, which is 11th, 11th highest paid in the country. But if you're thinking that and you see that report, you're thinking uh, they don't want him to leave. I wouldn't either. But they're trying to get out ahead of what Auburn might do. It's such a weird time because 
you've got more and more programs firing guys in season because of the early signing period, because of the transfer portal, because of a lot of factors where you can go ahead and publicly get your search started and try to land someone. I'm reading a lot of stuff about Matt Rule in Nebraska, you know, already looking like it's close to done, which there's nothing stopping it from being done right now, right? If that's the case with a lot of these jobs. If someone really wanted the job and some AD really wanted to hire that person, they could go hire them right now if if, if they don't have a job like Matt Rule doesn't right now, right? So that, that would make sense. But how does Ole Miss play out the string here? I mean, they go to Arkansas this week. Not that it matters for Lane Kiffin's longevity at, at Ole Miss or him getting an offer from Auburn, but it's a, coaches do a good job of compartmentalizing and not letting, letting it affect things. But all this talk about, okay, now Ole Miss has an offer. What if Auburn offers Lane Kiffin? Does he want to leave? Well, guys, they still got a game against Arkansas. They've got a game against uh, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl to close out the season, their biggest rival. So what if Lane Kiffin ends up 8-4 and four, You know, after the start he had this year? Which is still conceivable, yeah, with the two games they have remaining. But he he has maintained though from a ten win season and the birth in the Sugar Bowl, you know, where Matt Corral gets hurt. We we have not seen the drop off for him like we have seen at Kentucky from the ten win season. That's the difference, and I think there's the value there. An eight win season this year, uh, based on everything and all the turnover uh, with the coordinators and quarterback and transfer portal and everything else. I mean. You would want to keep them around because I think that what you're seeing right now is about where they'll be on average with a chance to peak where, where all the programs have peaks and valleys for the most part. Ole Miss would be stupid to not do everything within their power, within and, reason to keep Lane But it's not... Uh, you don't want to be crazy the way Texas A&M was crazy with the Jimbo Fisher contract. But you need to do everything possible to keep Lane Kiffin. So Richard Cross um, has the report, and he's with Sports Talk Mississippi. He has the, I say report, the tweet. Lane Kiffin has received a new contract offer from Ole Miss that would make him one of the 10 highest paid coaches in college football. It's now waiting. It's now a waiting game to see if he'll receive an offer from Auburn. More details this afternoon on Richard's show. Um, I say... Making him one of the top 10 highest paid coaches in college football, to me, is not good enough because Auburn's going to do that. Auburn was li- is likely going to make him a top five highest paid coach in college football. Making him a top 10 is based on the raise that it would take to get him in right now and what USA Today would have as the annual salary, base salary is 7.25. He needs to get to $7.5 to be the 10th highest paid coach. That's not that significant to Kiffin and what Auburn is going to offer him. You know, they, I, I think it's going to take like, a, we had the topic earlier this week, it's going to take like the 9 to $10 million range because that's what Auburn's going to pay him if they want him. Where is Mel Tucker on that list? Fourth or fifth? Fourth or fifth, yeah. So to me, that's the comp in terms of, now that contract does not look good now for Michigan State, but Ole Miss and Michigan State are pretty mid-level programs in college football for the most part. They're good programs. They can be really good, uh, but given a great coach, you know, I think that their ceiling is around two losses uh, for the season, right? One or two losses for both those programs. Lane Kiffin has proven he can get Ole Miss to what is their ceiling now and possibly beyond. And he's done it at more places and he's done it better than, than Mel Tucker at Michigan State. I think Michigan State jumped the gun and gave him too much. 
But point being, if Ole Miss really wants to be serious about shutting Lane Kiffin down from any other job talk, you're probably looking at a Mel Tucker-like contract for it, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. It's to where you are declaring, this is the guy that's going to keep us relevant as long as he's here. That's what Michigan State attempted to do with Mel Tucker. Hasn't worked, but I think Lane Kiffin's a better coach than Mel Tucker. There is a significant drop-off after James Franklin's annual salary at 13th. It goes from James Franklin to Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, James Franklin here, $7 million, um, at Penn State. Fitzgerald drops to 5.7. Again, this is from NBC Sports, updated September the 8th of this year. Your top 10, and I'll just uh, Saban, and I believe Dabo has had a, didn't he have an extension after September? And he may be number one now. Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo on here is at $10.5 million at three. Lincoln Riley, the estimate is $10 million plus from USC. And then you have um, a, a handful of coaches tied for fifth. Brian Kelly, Mel Tucker, Ryan Day. David Shaw is just beneath that. Mario Cristobal is getting $8 million at Miami. And then Jimbo Fisher, base, is 7.5. Dabo Sweeney, by the way, now at 11.5 as of September 12th. He had an escalator. It looks like, uh, or he, he, it was a new annual salary of 11.5. So they gave him a, it was a million dollar September raise. 12th, so they gave him a raise. Uh, above Kirby Smart, and, a, and that would put him right on par with Saban. But then there's Kiffin at 7.25 at 11. Jim Harbaugh, James Franklin right behind him. So, you know, I, I'm looking at that going, man, that top 10 is not going to keep him there if he wants, if Auburn wants him. Yeah, if, I mean, here's the thing. I'm talking about what Ole Miss would probably need to do, especially working with Jimmy Sexton, in order to make sure Lane Kiffin's there for the long, long haul. And it's a Mel Tucker-like contract with what Michigan State did, uh, which does not, again, does not look smart. I get that. If you're saying, well, you're comparing to Michigan State, look how that, great. I'm telling you the business of coaching with agents right now and the running cost. And that's what Lane Kiffin's going to get because the flip side of that, Hutton, is what's Auburn going to pay him? Yeah, I mean, they're going to... To leave. A yes. ton. Yes. So, um, that's the price. So, th- there's Barkley stirring the pot, and we certainly appreciate that because I think you're right, Chad. I think it would be Leach number one as the surprise based on that conversation and the connection at Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and all of that. Um, his partner on TNT, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, also with uh, some traction, he believes there's... More than one moon? Here is uh, Shaquille O'Neal on Inside the NBA. I have a new theory. <laughs> There's more than one moon. Oh, no. Oh. Just, 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 just let me tell you my theory. The other day I was riding past Auburn, as a matter of fact, and the moon was on the left. And I'm keeping right. going straight, didn't make any returns, and about 20 minutes later, the moon was behind me. That's because it was moving, fool. Uh, There's more than one moon. <laughs> and then another Check, 45 please. seconds, the moon was on my right. It's more than one moon. I love this so much because... He's just now figuring this out. Because like, Shaq, one time driving at night, happened to right. see the moon in different spots. Right. He's unlocked the code that astronomers for years have been trying to figure out since the Middle Ages. That so, It's Shaq that's figured out, you know, there's actually two moons because I saw it out of my is, car window one night on different sides. So let's, is it more stunning to you that he says this or the fact that he's 50 years old and acts like he's just realized that it, in his mind, there is more than one moon. 
He said he had just figured this out. There's a real epidemic of Think about uh, that. Es- I, especially especially basketball players when you look at Kyrie Irving and the flat earth stuff yeah. and some other crazy <laughs> thoughts. I think it's it's this it's almost this like locker room banter where you you get together and you start talking about um uh Steph Steph Curry I think is another one who says the moon landing was faked. You know, he strongly believes that we faked the moon landing. And it was done on a set somewhere. The conspiracy theorists now, in the, in the NBA and in pro to this, sports. I'm saying a lot of people buy into that. Compared yeah, to but this. I mean, it's it's amazing. The I don't know what it stems from. If it's like a debate in a locker room because you read something, and then that turns into now you really believe it. This is just pure <laughs> stupidity, but I love it. And I mean, it's, it's a, hilarious <laughs> coming from Shaq. It's a gym. Yeah, it's but great. it's also like idiotic. Like it's just just stupid. The, the the fact that you can't figure out that uh, oh the, yeah the moon moves uh, with the trajectory of the sky throughout the night. So HBO is doing a four part docu series on Shaquille O'Neal called Shaq, which is going to be great. I want a fifth part now on his thoughts on the moon. Is there moons. anything that Shaq's that been a be part, part of five. where it's not called Shaq? I, I don't know. I don't know I mean, anything else called Shaq that he's done. I mean, I, I was in I was chair shopping the other day. Shaq oh. has his own chair called oh, Shaq. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. But there's no, the, the, there's the, no brand other than just... Well, he probably, you know, that was one of something that he mandated <laughs> that he had to brand up in order to, you know, sit down for the documentary. I loved it. I love Barkley's. Barkley makes this clip. Can we play it again? This is just the quick clip jumping in. They're great together. Oh, they, the, the show's awesome. And uh, just listen for Barkley's take here. I have a new theory. <laughs> there's more than one moon. Oh, no. Oh, just, 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 just let me tell you oh, my theory. No. The other day I was riding past Auburn, as a matter of fact, and the moon was on the left. And I'm keeping right. going straight, didn't make any returns, and about 20 minutes later, the moon was behind me. That's because it was moving, fool. Uh, there's more than one moon. <laughs> <laughs> and then another Shaq 45 seconds. I mean, he, it, Shaq is also... That's because it was moving, fool. Shaq also wanted to know at one point whether or not the trip from Atlanta to California was this, like, further distance or the same distance that it was ta- it would take an astronaut to reach the moon <laughs> this was um it was like 27 i mean that's a so. little bit more interesting than saying there's two moons i guess uh, i mean like i, I thought he's gonna roughly, say something about do you have to go over an ocean to get from atlanta to california oh that was gonna be his question it's like it's roughly two thousand miles though like again like questioning the the yeah. distance is i mean but on the on how the, do you get on to the that level point? of saying ridiculous things, questioning distance between Earth to the Moon <laughs> is far different than saying there's two moons. Why? Because I saw it out of each side of my uh, window driving down the road in Auburn. This all ties back to Auburn. He said he was driving yeah. in Auburn. But if you're if you have a new theory, don't you at least like go check out um, again at, at 50 years old? Don't you have the the wherewithal to go like Google the the orbit. And, and, I, I think and, that was just such stream of consciousness when he said it. I don't think that that ever even registered with him. I don't think he gave it to a lot of thought when he saw the moon twice. He just thought, oh, oh it must mean there's two moons. And then it just it, it crept into his mind as they're talking about Giannis and the Bucks. I don't know what the conversation <laughs> was, but it somehow just crept in there and he said it again. He's like, hey, must be two moons. Is there anything you, you bought into or believe that... Um Came out to be not true. Santa Claus? <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one that I, I really believed in when I was little. Um, I mean, I, I remember a, um, 
a very heartbroken Chad Withrow, like calling his parents liars and running out oh, of the really? house trying to run away. Liars. Oh, yeah. I was lied to. I can't really think of any other big conspiracy. I'm sure we could go down the list of conspiracy. This isn't a conspiracy theory, though. This is just Shaq claiming there's two moons. I don't know that this is a commonly held belief no. that we have two moons. No. Maybe he saw a rendering of, like, you know, the county fairs. They would have, like, the... Uh the, the shirts that you can get spray painted or whatever. What's it called? It's like a wolf howling at the moon, but yeah. there's four moons. Yeah, there's four moons up there. Those four moons. The four phases. They have all the phases. The four moons stand for the four people who raised me. <laughs> it all has some mystical meaning behind it. spirit animal. Yeah. That's Sanskrit for believer, actually. I mean, the only recent like big conspiracy theory I was I, I, shouting, from the, shouting from the moon was that... Apple was deliberately killing your phones on updates that they would send you right around the time that they were about to have a holiday launch for their new iPhone. So they would, they would uh, drain your phone of any battery, making you feel like you had to go get the new update in person to have a faster device. They would make it inoperable. Somehow Chad has survived this with his iPhone 6. I don't, know how, I don't know how it still works. I think it's a 7S. I mean, it's, it's like this. It's like the updated version. Make of the them 7. like they used to. I take this thing into the 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 T-Mobile store, and I mean, they look at it like they want to put it on display at the Louvre when they see. They're like, "This phone still works. Yeah. This still operates. Yeah, it does." They want to buy it for you. They buy it from you so they can, you know. Just and then I, you know, that, they almost talk me out of getting a new phone because they're like, "Man, if that thing is still, if you like it and it still works, like, let's see how long this can go." I think they're curious they're, to see how long it will last. I mean, I'm charging my phone right now as we speak, and this is one of the newer phones because my battery was already at 50% by the time I got here today. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, there, there are days like when I think about this, I, I, I would go back to a BlackBerry. My, the BlackBerry in like 2007, I would go three days on the charge. This maybe goes three hours. How awful is that? Not good. I've got a deep it's thought. It's probably because of our Bluetooth device at the door here that drains Yeah, it could be. I've got a deep thought that someone just posted Doesn't on work. Twitter about college football coaching, Hutton, that I want to pose. All right. That was posed in a tweet that just shattered my, my brain cells reading it. And another uh, injury in the NBA. That's next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another injury on the, uh, the baseline, on the sideline of the uh, NBA court. Uh, most recently with LaMelo Ball, who re-injured his ankle. He missed the first 13 games of the season with an ankle injury, playing in his third game in Charlotte against the Pacers. Um, turns his ankle really bad when stepping on a, a foot of a spectator sitting courtside. And this is uh, the second run-in like this within the last couple of weeks because I believe it was Meek Mill 
who had his legs extended and a, a, a referee tripped over him uh, courtside. Now, you know, this is spurring the discussion, Chad, of, you know, should they move the spectators back? But the premium prices are either in the suites or they're courtside. And I would say things even out uh, from injuries to players. Uh, Jason Day's girlfriend or wife at the time, I can't remember. I remember her being stretchered out of a game in Cleveland one year because LeBron just ran right into her diving for a basketball. The premium prices for this is insane. And for the most part, I mean, we know we anywhere you go around the league, it's very difficult. The prices for those tickets, even in the Suns game, for instance, we were trying to go to recently or a Lakers game or whatever. Um, very comparable whenever you, uh, you can compare the prices. I think the Brooklyn Nets actually have the highest spike in prices versus how many people actually buy the tickets, um, which is not good. I don't think this is going away because of injuries. I think if anything, Chad, it goes away because, you know, obscenities and fights break out and the players hate it. Well, it's normally the fan, as you said, who gets injured when there's an uh, interaction with the player and the fan when they're courtside. Now, this was a Hornets fan that he stepped on. But I think you could charge even more once fans start to realize you can hurt the opposing player. <laughs> I mean, stick out the lit leg a little bit. I mean, what's that worth to a fan? If you're a big Celtics fan, I mean, you got the Knicks in town, they, you could they, probably hurt somebody. Come on. They, How much are you going to pay for that? Owners are making way too much off of that to, to move them back, I think. Uh, plus, the way the, are, the arenas are constructed, um, the, the goal is to pack in as many people as possible in the lower bowl and, and courtside. I don't... I think they'll have this debate, but I think it's a debate because we've seen a couple of these things over the last couple of weeks. I'm surprised that it has happened more often, even on the baseline with like the photographers. You know, they're right up there too. Uh, camera, camera, you, you don't really see it as often as you may think. Um, I, I think more often than not, it's the spectator or the media member on the sideline, I can raise my hand and say it, that take the brunt of the force more than the player. Yeah. It's not going it's away because of the money and they, you know, getting this close to that access you get at NBA games, unlike anywhere else. So it's not going to stop um, unless LeBron gets injured by someone. And then yeah. if he speaks out, maybe it'll change. Well, like Kyrie in Boston, you know, that, that I remember that. I'm what did Frank of- Isola say? LeBron James and Chris Paul, the two most powerful players in the NBA. Maybe it'll take an injury from them. Stepping on someone's foot on the sideline to get a change. Coming up, snow in Buffalo may not be good for the Bills this week. And 80 for Brady. It's next on Outkick 360.